0: shapes and influences every aspect of our lives today and we're only beginning to scratch the surface of understanding how it will radically change the way we live and work in the future coming up
1: it's going to be a totally different environment to the way applications are processed, delivered, consumed now. And it will only work if all of those enablers across the ecosystem are, are in place. That's how we deliver those truly innovative, brand new uh, experiences for enterprises and consumers, I think. You're listening to the Future Rhythmic
0: Podcast with Michael Hainsworth, a Nokia Original Series. 5G stands on the edge of a brave new world, one that will be built by app developers. Simon Buckingham represents more than 40 coders champing at the bit to build that world for us. As the CEO of Non-Voice Agency, it's his job to shepherd young programmers through the process of creating the next killer app. But he says that just like the evolution from 3G to 4G, we need to understand the evolving needs of the developer community under 5G. And before we can build that 5G future, we have to understand the past.
1: In the beginning uh, of the App Store, a lot of the apps were utilities. Um, you had a lot of note-taking apps like Evernote. You had your first financial apps like Mint. Um, you know, you had a bunch of quite useful um utility, Shazam, you know, that could recognize your um your song. You had your first games um, that, that, uh, that were coming out, like Angry Birds and things like that. So you had a lot of pretty good innovation in the beginning of the of the apps world in 3G. Um and then as we moved to 4G, we really started to see video, video streaming, video apps like Netflix. Um, You know, you started to see uh, Zoom uh, and, uh, you know, and Teams and and those types of video conferencing apps um, were launched around the LTE era because you had a lot more, um, you know, bandwidth and capability. Dating apps like Tinder started to come to the fore and things like that. So, there was, again, another wave of innovation as we, uh, as we moved to 4G. And we first started to see our first uh, more, more richer and deeper games experiences. I'm thinking about Roblox. I'm thinking about Pokemon Go. I'm thinking about those types of experience that took a simple game mechanic and moved it to a whole nother level and what we're seeing is with 5g is a whole nother iteration again we're starting to see ultra high definition video we're starting to see ray rendered videos we're starting to see augmented reality effects becoming a lot more prevalent. We're starting to see multiple uh, video chats concurrently uh, you know, during a game or multiple video chats while a grandparent reads a child a book and you can see the expression and you can read together. And we're also starting, I think, to see uh, a lot more... Uh, innovation around augmented reality. So um, I think that the killer application for 5G is augmented reality. I think the two technologies go together hand in glove, like mac and cheese, like uh, bangers and mash, peanut butter and jelly, whatever your analogy is, wherever you come from in the world. But, um, you know, we're finding that augmented reality really shows off uh, the 5G capability, because what you're doing is you're overlaying digital experiences on top of physical experiences.
0: That's fascinating. You, you mentioned the 3G to 4G evolution and the innovation from that leap was largely because of the bandwidth increase the speed increase the throughput increase we got gave us that video capability in a way we never had before Mm. now four to 5g it's not just a massive speed increase it's also ultra low latency and it's also ultra low power devices not having to rely on an always-on connection but it strikes me that you're suggesting the killer app in 5G has less to do with the super speed or the low power. It has everything to do with this ultra low latency where we're going from hundreds of milliseconds round trip for a bit to
1: one millisecond. Yes, I think you, you make a very good point. Speed always helps. Um, you know, this 10x transition from 4G to 5G, Undoubtedly, it's going to enable a lot richer experiences. But I totally agree with you, Michael. I think that the low latency, uh, what we call mobile edge compute, uh, ultimately, you've got to understand that the world we're living in, you're going to have a pair of glasses, which are going to be a, a, the ultimate thin client. They're really going to do nothing but you know, sensing your retinas and, and that kind of thing. All of the computation will move into the network. Everything will essentially come from the cloud, um, you know, as we evolve 5G and as augmented reality and indeed virtual reality become more prevalent. So I agree. Those types of applications and innovation can only work in an ultra-low latency environment.
0: So then what role does the evolution of cloud technology from that vast, distant data center to edge cloud, to near edge cloud, to far edge cloud, what does that ultimately mean for an app developer?
1: Well, the the app developers uh, that we work with at Nonvoice, we represent about 40 app developers in our agency, 40 of the best ones. And they love the fact that the devices are getting a little bit more, you know, they love the fact that they can do more. They have more computational power um, at their fingertips. So they can do a lot more uh, processing of of experiences and deliver richer, more interactive experiences. But they also ask me all the time, well, what about the cost? At the moment, I'm using the device to do a lot of the work for me. Um, and um, I'm a little bit worried if everything happens in the cloud, that actually has a lot of cost implications for for an application developer because a lot of the apps are free. So actually, the more usage you get, the more success you get, the higher your cloud costs could end up being. So one of the things that I'm watching very carefully is how the mobile edge compute costs uh, come down uh, over time uh, because uh, that will actually have a big impact on the viability of a lot of the innovation that I'm, that I'm talking about. So that's one thing that we need to watch because if you're a young app developer with a very innovative app and a great idea, obviously you need to be able to uh, fund that, scale that, offer that on, 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 a, you know, on, a, on a wide scale. So, um, you know, millimetre wave and and, uh, ultra-mid-band capacity, you know, the fact that the US telcos just spent $80 billion plus on uh, on mid-band 5G spectrum, Um, you know, the economics can't be underplayed either because obviously that money has to be paid back um, as well, so in some way, shape or form. So um, we're constantly balancing economics Um, an innovation. But as always, um, I think innovation will win.
0: It's fascinating that as we move into 5G, the consumer is concerned that that 10x jump in throughput and bandwidth capability means that suddenly they're going to blow through their data caps. It sounds like the developer
1: community has the exact same concern. Absolutely. Yeah, because um, all of these experiences, we're moving to a world in which Uh, You know, spatial computing, augmented reality, virtual reality, high speed, you know, video conferencing, avatars, all of these things, whether it's, uh, you know, um, a a digital twin. If you have a digital twin, what's going to happen to your data plan? Is it going to double because you send off your, you know, your electronic helpers to uh, run errands for you? We don't really know the cost implications yet uh, because... um, Obviously, yes, the amount of bandwidth you're going to use already in studies uh, from uh, around the world have shown that 5G device users are using significantly more, double digits more data already just naturally. So over time, as more of these experiences are uh, are released, um, I think you're going to see a, a, a significant amount of incremental data usage, which is a, a good thing, but obviously also has a cost implication for uh, for the telcos. Um, education, you think about education, health. You think about working. You think about all the things now that we do from home, um, you know, that that are done remotely, that we used to probably go to the office or we might be uh, going to the doctor's office or we might be attending school in person. All of these things have transformed themselves into uh, remote and digital experiences. So the wonderful thing is that 5G came at just the right time Uh, to enable a lot of those experiences. Do
0: CSPs understand their evolving role in all of this from dumb pipe under 3G and certainly lesser, but still to a degree under 4G, into a full-on app partner in 5G?
1: The telcos, the communication service providers we talk to, they understand, okay, look, we're going to have to provide, uh, we're going to have to provide network slicing Uh, you know, in order to give more capability. We're actually going to have to provide, uh, you know, cloud rendering at the edge of our network. We're going to have to uh, evolve our uh, infrastructure to support these applications. Um, You know, so I do believe that the CSPs uh, have some visibility of it, uh, but inevitably they'll be surprised, I think, by um, how innovative the app developers are. Um and, uh, and the requirements that the app developer needs, because app developers need to know um, what capabilities are available at any given moment. As you're moving around, if you're moving from a five, you know, from a 5G network ultra ultra wideband and you're moving into a into 5G midband, and then maybe you're moving out of 5G in its entirety and you're on an LTE 4G network, all of those Changes have implications for the app developer experience that they're trying to deliver. So one of the questions our app developers constantly ask me is, can you provide a status flag, you know, for the telco capabilities and tel- telco availability? So those kind of traffic lights, you know, that type of traffic signal, um, you know, is it green for go, red for stop, um, you know, or orange? These types of capabilities need to be worked out because they're becoming more and more important as we move forward um, and we encourage this innovation.
0: So much of the innovation uh, that is taking place takes place behind the scenes Mm. between those various levels of the core all the way out uh, to um, the radio access network. Mm. So that's the kind of, of software technology that telecommunication equipment providers have been working on in conjunction with the CSPs who have bought their gear. Mm. Who though should be responsible for building the API ecosystem so app developers can drag and drop the necessary components to build their 5G apps that leverages all of the new components Mm. that make up 5G?
1: Yeah, I think the answer, I think right now, to be honest, Michael, it's a little too early to know. Um, you know, non Voice. Uh, we as a, we have actually started to provide some uh, APIs to our app developers because they've asked us for uh, things like attribution. They want to know where downloads are happening from. They want to know where revenues are getting generated from. They want to be able to track things a lot more carefully. Um, I think that uh, there are. You know, I think that there needs to be a lot more work uh, done. Because, um, you know, it needs to be uniform. What you want to do is you want to have a single, you know, access point uh, to everything. And right now that doesn't exist. So I think we need a little bit more ecosystem collaboration from the GSMA and uh, and the uh, uh, the MEF, the Mobile Ecosystem Forum, some of the other trade and industry groups, 3GPP, et cetera, need to come together. Because at the moment, there are certain CSPs that are working with AWS. Some are partnering with Microsoft or Azure. Um, some of them are obviously working with Google Cloud. Others are working with uh, proprietary mobile edge compute platforms like Mobile Edge X. And then simultaneously with that, you have a, a whole bunch of innovation in the, you know, in the O-RAN, Open RAN, and the you know, and obviously Nokia, there's innovation from there. So basically what we need to do, I think as an industry, I don't think people have really understood yet just how much innovation uh, there's going to be from 5G and how much more richness and and, and capabilities are needed for app developers to deliver innovative new experiences. So I think there's still work to be done.
0: If the killer app, From 3G to 4G was video that took advantage of the the throughput. And your suggestion that the killer app for 5G involves ultra low latency, things like augmented reality. What are the challenges here? Let's talk about that and and start by explaining the percentage of the overall app revenue pie that you think is going to come from, say, industry 4.0 based apps versus the kind of apps that are more consumer driven.
1: I think we'll probably be somewhere 50-50. Uh, I think there's a tremendous number of, uh, you know, great enterprise apps. Uh, you know, uh, we, we work with some people that are doing a lot of blockchain-related uh, innovation in in digital couponing. Um, you see a lot of volumetric video applications, which are kind of, you know, apply both to enterprise and consumer where you have a lot of cameras and you're able to, you know, try on clothes, try on shoes and do things like that in a retail environment. Um, you see a lot of, uh, a lot of innovation in, around training and education because you can't easily jump on a plane and repair something anymore. So um, by being able to look at that and, and, and overlay a schematic on top of it to help somebody repair something, is a tremendously valuable capability that being said i think there's a tremendous amount of consumer innovation as well uh, a lot of it driven by you know the pandemic because as i said learning uh, a lot of um, uh, 3d and augmented reality books um a lot of uh, you know gr- my two-year-old son talks to my mum in England via Caribou, which is a, a video calling app with two video windows that open and books. Um, and, they, you know, my mum my, my reads to my son and, you know, they're doing it thousands of miles apart, things like that. Great little apps like that on the consumer side that require quite a lot of bandwidth as well. So I'm probably equally enthusiastic about enterprise and consumer, I don't know, it probably won't be fifty fifty, Michael, but in simplistic terms, I think they' are both going to be very big buckets of uh, of opportunity.
0: So what are the challenges then in developing apps that leverage URLLC, that ultra reliable low latency communication?
1: Two things, one availability, uh, you know there's stance availability. Uh, you know, on a nationwide basis. So obviously you have to think as a developer, okay, I'm going to build something in a lab environment or I'm going to build something in, uh, you know, in, in an incubator type environment, but I want to scale that out nationwide. You know, at what point is there going to be enough millimetre wave or enough, enough mobile edge compute instances where I've always got remote GPUs available to me um, so availability is one, and as I think I mentioned earlier, cost will be the other one. Um, who's paying for that capability, and how much is it going to? How much is it going to cost? Because uh, there is a cost to all of that infrastructure, and at the end of the day, somebody you know somebody's going to pay for it. Um, uh, whether it's Google and Apple that pay for it, or the or the CSPs, or the app developers or a combination thereof, I think, remains to be uh, figured out.
0: You mentioned that URLLC gives us the ability to leverage uh, volumetric video, the idea of understanding video in 300, maybe not 360 degrees, but three dimensions. Um, A lot of that kind of technology is already sitting in the palms of many of our hands, thanks to uh, the addition of LiDAR-based technologies into smartphones and things like that. What role do the device manufacturers play in the innovation that comes out of 5G? The
1: device manufacturers are pivotal, really. Like it or not, whenever Apple do anything, all of a sudden everything becomes a lot more real and a lot more serious. So as soon as Apple started to put LiDAR sensors in their high-end iPads and and iphones all of a sudden the augmented reality industry which has been around to be honest for years and years and years um you know has suddenly reached a bit of a tipping point um, and started to take off because all of a sudden when you have a lidar scanner the customization that you can give to the experience is extraordinary because you can can put things on the surface of a table, you can put things on a wall, on a ceiling. You can really, really create a much richer experience in AR um, when when done in combination with LiDAR. Um, And I I really think that the handset manufacturers need to uh, continue to build those types of capabilities in. We believe that over time the LiDAR sensor, which is quite... Uh, basic at the moment will get better and better and better. And therefore those experiences will get richer and richer and richer. And when you think about the glass, the glasses, um, you know, which are just basically a screen with a couple of sensors and every, all the, all the computing is done, you know, via the, um, the ultra low latency cloud, Um, you know, it's going to be a totally different environment to the way applications are processed, delivered, consumed now. And it will only work if all of those enablers across the ecosystem are are in place. That's how we deliver those truly innovative, brand new experiences for enterprises and consumers, I think.
0: We're going to be able to take those LIDAR sensors, those laser radar sensors, put them in a tiny little box, stick them in the corner of a room, and be able to accurately indicate the number of people in a room, whatever that occupancy is, all sorts of other types of sensors as well, Mm. that won't leverage ultra-low latency as much as they'll leverage the ultra-low power requirements that goes with 5G as well. So what do you see as app development in IoT looking like?
1: 5G will enable, because of its bandwidth, its availability, I think IoT will continue to, to, uh, to spread I think we'll see more and more, uh, you know, smart applications. Everything delivered into the home will be done uh, through a wireless sensor. You know, there won't be any meter reading now. There won't be, you know, there won't be any, all of these uh, home appliances, smart home appliances. will be turning everything on and off automatically, whether it's thermostats or, uh, you know, or heaters or, or coolers or whatever. So, I just think that um, uh, over time things will get smarter and more intelligent and more automated. Um, and um, again, that experience uh, will be something that consumers will really enjoy, I think. It will be a significant upgrade from, uh, you know, from, from, from what we currently experience and probably what we've experienced for the last 50 years. We've probably done things in the same way. Um, you know for a long a long a, a large amount of time and i think 5g is actually going to enable that jump um if we get the standards right if we get interoperability between devices right if we get costs right because you're right about the little lidar sensors but they need to be pennies you know they need to be you know they need to be sig- significantly less expensive so that they ulti- ultimately just get um uh, embedded into every room and Um, you know and and every environment so as you know the biggest issue with with IoT has always been the you know the chicken and egg scenario that the the hardware needs to get get cheap enough for the uh, for the applications to be worth doing but getting to that point now with Raspberry Pi I see a large number of my application developers working with Raspberry Pi uh, uh, devices whether it's to synchronize um, live music uh, in remote environments or whether it's to put it in a remote control vehicle and be able to control that vehicle by the phone. So we need more device proliferation and lower cost devices and we need 5G to be built into devices like that. And then all of a sudden we'll see that, um, that prevalence in conjunction with the telcos closing down their 3G networks. Which then forces any legacy devices like like fire alarm systems, you know, to be upgraded into um, uh, the higher speed networks. So we need to look at all of these things, Michael, uh, for the for the ecosystem to evolve. I think.
0: I am of an age where I do not know life before the invention of the microwave oven. A kitchen in my world has never existed without one. Uh, so, and, and that was sort of a world changing advance uh, in culinary, uh, positive or negative, depending on your opinion. Yeah. Uh, but in a similar vein, social media made a huge wholesale change in the way the world operates. It strikes me that what you're saying is 5G is going to make those same sort of wholesale changes to society that we couldn't have predicted when Mark Zuckerberg opened up Facebook to the world in 2007, or the microwave was invented in the 60s.
1: I think you're absolutely right. Having immersed myself, you know, in 5G over the last year or so, I I become more and more uh, enthused by it, and more and more intrigued by what the developers. You you have to understand these are these are you know twenty some, something year old developers um, you know that are that are using a lot of tools like Unity and you know no code tools and building things that when I was a kid you know on my on my Acorn you know computer and you know sixty four k and you know uh, you know I was never able to do but the kids today you know in their twenties. They're totally immersed in this. They're building experiences and using tools and um, using capabilities that we can't even imagine. So, as as a country, and and you know, what we really need to do is is figure out how do we put that that infrastructure in place to allow that innovation to flourish. Because believe you me, the app developers will find a way of delivering it. They'll innovate. They'll create. I really do believe that having spoken to a lot of the young people that we represent and we work with and I speak to, but um, we need to make sure that there is a little bit of, you know, coordination to make sure that that infrastructure is available universally at scale and at a, a, a reasonable cost.
0: So then what do app developers need from CSPs in this relationship?
1: Well, app developers don't, to be honest, app developers don't need anything. Um they, They just need a network, you know, fairly ubiquitous, fairly reliable, fairly good. Um, uh, You know, that's a a bit of a flippant answer, but in in essence, it's the truth. Um, You know, but to the extent that, um, you know, that that, that CSPs can provide uh, remote cloud rendering capabilities and network slicing and those other things, particularly um, uh, cloud rendering, you know, um, uh, I think... uh, I think they they would be very valuable, uh, you know, additions to the um, to the ecosystem.
0: What then do app developers need from the telecom equipment providers like Nokia?
1: They need to understand what that equipment uh, can give them. Uh, they need uh, they need it for millimeter wave, and they need for network slicing. All of those things need to be supported by that equipment. Um, they need interoperability. They need privacy. They want to make sure that they're transmitting, uh, you know, data over a secure network. You know, cyber security. They also need, you know, to some degree, authentication. You know, I see a huge need over time. If I send my avatar out into the world, my question is always. How do you authenticate that that is, in fact, a digital representative of Simon Buckingham out there? So, in my opinion, there's a huge amount of um, value that could be added by CSPs and and, and network infrastructure providers in authentication of a user's identity uh, and protection of a user's privacy.
0: Simon, this has been fascinating. Thank you for your time. If you are, in fact, Simon Buckingham.
1: <laughs> we d- we'll never know. We'll never know.
0: <laughs> See the future. Listen to what's next. Read about world-changing ideas. All by visiting futurhythmic.com. The future Rhythmic Podcast with Michael Hainsworth is a Nokia Original
1: Series.